This is Hi, My Name Is, a podcast created by two very funny sober people. Hello and welcome to Hi, My Name Is. Hi, my name is Khani. My name is Jimmy. Welcome. Welcome to this episode. On this episode, we're going to be discussing money. Money. Cold, hard. Hard, cash. Yes, not hard. That was last episode. Last episode was sex. We hope you enjoyed it. We really hope you did because we know we did. Yes. And there's more to come. There is more to come as there always is when you're talking about sex. Hopefully. God willing, God is listening and can provide for both of us. So, uh, how the fuck you been? (laughs) (laughs) The fuck you been? We decided we don't like to say chicken, so we're going to say, how the... F- oh, wait. Some people think we say the F word too much in these parts. Yeah. Well, they're not wrong. But also, we can do whatever we want. It's our world. They're just living in it. How was your I, week? Honestly, we haven't seen each other for two weeks because we haven't. We didn't record last week because you were away. Correct. So... My weeks have been amazing. I know I say that every time. It's you so boring. You do say it. You I have an love, amazing life, apparently. I really like my life. Is that so wrong? If that's wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah. Okay. I, um, as you know, I have a monthly show that I produce in Brooklyn called... Um, Hi, my name is... Yes. Aside from the promoting of this podcast, I am going to promote a show that I produce and you were there and the show was on Monday. It's called Unorthodox Comedy. But you just told them we haven't seen each other in two weeks. We have seen each other. And then I was there. But the we other haven't night. recorded. Continuity. <laughs> Deep breaths. We're going to get through this. We are. Like Which we always do. We somehow managed to make the episode after episode after episode. Didn't say they're good, but we make them. You make it sound so taxing when you say it that way. <laughs> episode after episode. So the show went well. The show went well. Uh, the vibes were on that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a really fun night. Um, the week before that, I'm trying to think what I did. I think I went to Fire Island. Did I go to Fire? I went to Fire Island since I've seen you. Okay. I know you were away for a while because I missed getting phone calls from you every day. I was away for a while. I went on a little, um, a little vacay with some sober peeps. Can we call them people or do they have to be called peeps? Peeps, like marshmallow peeps. Interesting. Because normally you call them beloveds. So now I'm confused. Do you not like this group? Hmm. No, I love them. Interesting. Our sound feels loud now in my ears. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely, uh, uh, had a moment when we were trying to set up, didn't we? We did. (laughs) Yeah. Thought the sound was off. Turns out the volume was just was down, down in our headphones. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not tech people at all, but we've been just we're learning, managing on the job is what they call it. And now it's quite loud. Yeah, should we lower it? Yeah, I think yeah. We should. Honestly, the voices in my head don't have any room now. <laughs> what are they loud? What do you do to quiet them? Meditation, prayer. It's so boring. <laughs> so boring. I, I I didn't say it was fun. Yeah. But effective. So he didn't go away with beloveds. We know that. Sorry if you went away with Jimmy. He didn't. He doesn't consider you a beloved. He considers you a peep. A beloved peep. There we go. 
So we went to a lake house in the Poconos. Okay. Me and six other people. Holy shit. Yeah. In one house for in a week. One house. Oof. Yeah, it was a big house um, on a lake. Ooh, we could just love go, that. go out the back door down oh. to the lake and kayak. Um, there's a hot tub. We did grilling at night. I made my famous shish kebabs, which I've <laughs> never made for you before. <laughs> I didn't even know they were famous. Oh, yeah. Infamous in some circles. Yeah. I mean, if we had kosher meat on those, I would devour them. I mean... We can make that happen. Yeah, easily. We live in Brooklyn. If we can't find kosher meat here, you're not going to find it anywhere. That's what I'm saying about kosher meat. Maybe Israel. That would be the only other place. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. We had a nice time. It's nice traveling with sober people. Yeah. I like it. I feel safe when I do that because I feel like there's not going to be crazy drama. There might be drama, but there's good, effective communication, usually if the people are healthy. Mm. Well, there's crazy, but it's sober crazy. And I can usually manage what that. What do you mean by sober crazy? Well, you know, like we all come with our own yeah. stuff yeah. in our minds. Yeah. And like, like everyone has a like a thing in their mind of how it's supposed to go. And they kind of may want to make that happen. It's like a little control vibe. Mm. No? Just me? <laughs> there's a, a little control in the kitchen from time to time that happened. But overall, this is a, a good group of people. We did this last summer also, and it went well. Um, last summer, what we wanted was just like a peaceful, serene getaway. So like we were careful about who we invited, just people uh, that were like kind of chill. This week, this month, we uh, opened it up a little. We opened it to um, a couple significant others. Oh. And it was fun. They okay. They didn't, they didn't throw off the vibe. No. I mean, the vibe was different because there were other people there, but it wasn't bad. Well, I, I just want to give you a blessing that next year, your significant other, you will have a significant other to include. Thank you for the blessing. <laughs> I'm, I'm a not, rabbi now. I'm not sure if I want it. What do you mean? I don't feel the need to have someone else there. Like I okay, was... Okay. I'm just projecting. It's fine. Everyone's yeah. fine. Everyone's thriving. <laughs> I was cool. I mean, even... When I am in relationships, like I still like to take trips on my own and do stuff with friends. I like that. Yeah. Never experienced that, but I like the sound of it. Mm. When you're in relationships, like you travel yeah, we've everywhere talked about together. This. We've talked about this in the dating episode. Like you do everything together? You yes. Don't. Uh, that's I've, why I'm trying no, to be I'm healthy. sorry. I was in a blackout in that episode. Oh Just my kidding. God. Were you I drinking wasn't. during that episode? That would actually track if... I was nope. drinking Spindrift. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. LaCroix, hello. How many times am I going to email you? Okay. <laughs> Have you followed up? Yeah. Hmm. LaCroix? Don't sleep on us, LaCroix. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I had a good trip. You had a good show. I had a good show. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, I went on a couple dates. That was fun. Mm. Three to be exact. That's a lot of dates. Yeah. I've been busy since you've been out of town. Who, yeah. who else am I going to hang out with? Whooping it up. Well, kind of. No, I were, mean. Were they successful? Um, successful in that I learned more about myself. Mm. Successful in that I enjoyed some of their company. It was two different people. But I don't think either of them, well, I don't want to say what I think, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Two different people, three dates. So one of them one was of them two was dates. One of them was the second date. Yeah. A repeat offender. A repeat offender. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, Are you offended? <laughs> I was. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. How's that? I'll just say it that. I'll leave it there. I don't know. More 
will be More revealed. More will be revealed. Because time is what? A tool. Oh. It's not a tool. It's not a tool. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. My sponsor's listening. It's not a tool. Time is a tool. Time is not a tool. And if you're not in recovery, you don't know what we're talking about. Basically, people that are sober for a long time <clears throat> sometimes think that that is enough to just keep them going on their recovery spiritual journey. They're like, well, I'm sober 20 years. Like, I don't need to do that. I can rest on my laurels. Exactly. What's a laurel? A laurel is a, a, a flat part of a mountain. I'm so impressed. I know that because it's, it's, it's in a, the Torah, a, it's in the book that we read. And I had to look it up when I was going through the book. Oh, so we don't okay. rest on our laurel. So mountains make you climb, but when you're on a laurel, it's like a flat part. Mm. So you would think like, Oh, I don't need to like exert any more energy or yeah. effort because I'm in a flat space and it's very comfortable. So we don't want to rest there. We want to just keep going in order to stay comfortable. Yeah. We have to keep moving. Yeah. yeah keep we have doing to keep work. moving. I do want to say that August is my recovery sobriety anniversary month. Happy anniversary month. Thank you. It feels really exciting because this year feels like a big number. 16. Yeah. It's a big number. 16 it's years. It's your sweet 16. 16 on the oh, 16th. Your quinceanera. Yeah. I feel like we should have a party. Well, we could. A launch party, a anniversary party. Your birthday is this month. You're turning 54. How very dare you, <laughs> ma'am. And yes, I did just ma'am you. How old are you turning? Forty-seven? Forty-two. Oh, interesting. Forty-two. Do you want to hear what? Bitch. Do you want to hear what happened? <laughs> when he turns forty-two? No, this month a couple of days ago, I was in the park, and I was talking to someone, and they're like, "How old are you?" And I was like, "I think I'm forty-one." And then I like took out a calculator and I did two thousand and twenty-three minus nineteen eighty-one, and it said forty-two. You're turning forty-two. And I lost my shit because I was like, Oh my God, this whole year I thought I was 41, but I'm 42 mm. and I'm turning 43 in October. And I lost my, I was so upset. I knew you're older than me. Okay. And then so thank the God the I bring everything that comes up. Well, not everything. Cause you know, I'm not codependent, but thank God in a very healthy way, I've relayed the story to Yehudit. And she was like, but wait, when's your birthday? And I'm like, October. She was like, well, you're turning 42. And I didn't know that I needed her to correct me. So Yehudit has taught you your age. Yes. And she's also taught you that you don't, in fact, enjoy anal sex. She's taught me a lot. I've learned a lot from Yehudit. Wait, that makes yeah. it sound like she tried to have <laughs> anal sex with you. I was like, no, please, no, I'm not enjoying it. Not today, sir. Oh, not today, Satan. Um, okay, so I once for a whole year forgot how old I was. Yeah. I'll see your story and I'll raise you, you an know, entire everything's a competition year. with you. I can't handle it. I was active in oh, addiction. There we go. There we go. Bring it out. Take out the violin. Take out the violin. I. Sorry. Is that you need to tune your violin? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I had a birthday party. And no, you did not. You had the wrong date. I invited so many people. Oh, my God. I can't. It was a pig roast. I'm sorry if that offends it some does of offend. our listeners. I am a Jewish person. A How Jewish dare you? woman. And yes, so we roasted a pig. I didn't roast the pig. I went to a restaurant where they... There's like 30 people there, and I didn't know how old I was. I got the year wrong the whole time. What did you think you were turning? 36, 37, it was turning? around those, you know, at a certain point. It doesn't matter. The years are kind of insane. It doesn't matter. I mean, J-Swipe will have you None think otherwise. None of this matters. Just kidding. It all matters. <laughs> 42. I was talking to some, somebody about this yesterday. I 
was excited to go into my 40s as a sober person. Same. Entering a new decade sober. I live in an apartment where I've only been sober. Doing things yeah. and only being sober while you're doing them is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, you know what I just realized? Tell me. I spent my all my 30s sober. Mm, talk about competition. You just won. <laughs> you're a winner, baby. All my 30s. That's pretty cool. So now I'm sober. Okay, so I started drinking when I was 15. And now I'm 16 years sober. And I only drank for like five or six years. So I've been sober longer than I drank. You're one of those people. Yeah. Holy shit. I think I should. I always knew you'd be one of those people. You didn't know. I called it. You didn't know. We didn't even know each other. Congrats. Thank you. It does feel... Can I say something? My mom is flying in to celebrate with me. I remember... When I was counting days of off of alcohol, it was my first summer sober and I was talking to my mom on the stoop and I just remember she was saying like she was so proud of me and she's always been like so supportive of my sobriety mm-hmm. and she called me a couple of weeks ago and she's like, I want to fly in for your anniversary and take you out to dinner. That's so nice. And I was like, wow, that's, it was hard for me to want to accept that. I don't know why at first I resisted it, but then I was like, this is the most beautiful thing. We've never gone out to dinner, just me and my mother, ever. I think it's really important to honor your sobriety date. Yeah. To sort of memorialize it in some kind of way. It doesn't have to look yeah. like one way or another, but it's important. It's To me, it's more important than my actual birthday. Uh, I didn't do anything to earn my birthday. I've I've done a lot for my sobriety and I continue to do a lot. Yeah. Time is not a tool. Rest on the laurels. I, I have not rested. Um, I do want to say I, I had a little bit of a, if I use the word that I want to use, you guys are going to think I drank, but relapse, a slip yesterday, a slip and fall in a grocery store in that it's a lawsuit pending. I looked at my phone before I journaled and I haven't done that in years mm. and it felt so gross. Was that yesterday? Yeah. It's really funny that you say that because my routine was off yesterday too. I took a call and I started working before I meditated and I was so anxious. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. No. It doesn't work. Topsy-turvy is how I felt. Literally, the whole day I was like, why? I, I, I don't want to say ruin my day, but like I just felt like I knew I didn't need to do that. You it, weren't grounded. It doesn't It doesn't come from a place of faith. It comes from a place of fear. Like, what am I missing out? And I, I didn't go on Instagram, but I just looked at my phone because it was the day after my show and I wanted to like see what, you know. If the reviews had come in. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 10 out of 10 I got. 10's across the board. Yep. Real quick, time is on a tool. I did service at a convention one year, and I worked the welcome area, the welcome desk. Oh, God. People were coming in, just like, it was chaos. There's thousands of people there. Oh, my God. Um, we had to give them, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, like pamphlets and info and name tags and all this shit. Can I tell you, the most unruly people... <laughs> The most, like, to a point, like, legit Karens <gasps> were people with, like, 25 to 30 years of sobriety. Oh, so sad. That's because they're only in one program and they're not working at their other stuff. The, the people counting days and knew were so happy to be there. Like, so excited. I mean, they were scared, too. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, there's one person in particular we didn't have their packet because they had registered the night before and Mm -mm. these are seriously just like pieces of paper (laughs) and they were like i don't even know why i came here wow and we were like well 
if you only came for the paper, then we don't really know why you came here either. Yeah. Interesting. So like we say, time, time. is not a tool. And neither are you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good check-in. We're not we're calling not, in you, check-ins. You're, okay, let me explain something. Good let, how let, the fuck are you? Let me explain something. You were the one that was like, don't say check-in. And you've just said it three times. I will not be policed by In you. my own home. And not by the NYPD. <laughs> Just put that out there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I said it. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, hi, my name is Money. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about money? You want to give me some money? I would love to give you some money. You yeah. know what money is? Cough it up. The root of all evil. No. That's what it says in the Bible. Energy. Just paper. It's not even paper. It's energy. Think about it for a second. A it's, transmission of energy. It's just energy. And there is so much of it in this world. It, it's... There's just energy. It's that just energy. True. There's a lot of it in this world. There's so much. And I, oh, wow, I'm starting off in the wrong foot because I feel like this was not, I mean, no. this is just how I feel now. We have a now. lot of bullets. We have a lot of bullets. Energy is not a single one of them. <laughs> you're, you're throwing me a curveball here. We were uh, really, you know, trying to come up with some stuff to talk about. Energy never came never up Never came up. Whoops. Um, but this is how I feel about it now. I'm sorry. I was a little distracted earlier, but this is, this is... The minute that I started to see it as energy, which is I've only been able to do in the last two years, my life has changed. Up until then, I looked at it as like this thing I couldn't get my hands on. Mm. I had this scarcity mentality that I was raised with that I had a very hard time shedding. That was a good segue to a bullet. I was trying. Yeah. I called it out. You're such an asshole. I know. <laughs> I'm don't, trying to just know like, I'm like. It's probably because I grew up without money. <laughs> <laughs> if my parents had money, I'd be less of an asshole. Yeah, you're probably a little nicer, don't you think? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, because I know. Or smarter or a harder no, worker. Money no. does not equate to any of those things. I interact with people with a lot of money on a regular basis. Yeah, you do. It just means that they had access to different things. Yeah. Not that they're any better or smarter or no. more and I deserving. Love, I love that that doesn't affect you and how you see people with how much money they have. Because I literally showed you my bank account this morning. And you still want to be my friend. Yeah. It was impressive. You were impressed? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you're organized. Oh, you have I'm very organized. I have a tax account. Be. I have a savings account. I have a prudent yeah. reserve. Yeah. I don't know any humans that have a prudent reserve. Yes, you do. Except, well, you. No, you do. They're just, they're not they talking tell about me. it. Yeah. Mm. It's all new for me. This whole keeping track of my money, every dollar that I spend. Did you know that I track every dollar and cent that I spend? I did know that. Yeah. You've showed me the spreadsheet. Yeah. I have a, an app on my phone called Spending. And every time money comes in, I track it. Anytime money goes out, it doesn't matter if it's a quarter, a nickel, four cents for the laundry. Like it doesn't matter. It's just as... Your laundry is only four cents. Listen, sometimes we're just throwing out numbers. Hmm. You look how excited you got. You're like, where can I go do my laundry for four cents? Like you have so much money and you're like, I want to skimp on my laundry. Okay. First of all, I don't have so much yes, money. Yes, you do. So put that out there to the To the, the worst? Universe. To the universe? To the people I owe money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's take this back. Let's, okay. Let's, let's start. Not, let's start at the beginning. Where did you get your earliest ideas? Very dare you. I was going to start at the beginning. Um, what was it like growing up? 
Do you come from money? I'm going to cry. Do you come from money? Do you come from abundance? I don't come from abundance. What was money talked about in your home? Money was treated as something that we could not really ever have a lot. There was never enough. How many people were there? In my family. I was the youngest. In your home. I was the youngest of five until I was five. And then my parents got divorced. And then my mom was a single mom. So a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And she was a teacher. So she was working on a teacher's salary. Um, they owned the home, but I'm sure she had a mortgage. I don't know exactly what the vibe was there, but I just know that I never felt like there was a lot, mm-hmm. you know, like we would shop at stores like pay less and Ross dress for less. Getting the the, the the shoes that were nineteen ninety nine was a splurge mm. as opposed to the nine ninety nine shoes. You know, mm-hmm. like if my if if I got the nineteen ninety nine ones, I was like, oh, <laughs> living it. You know what I mean? Like that was a big day. Yeah, big day. I remember like in the aisles because they are sort of separate. So they're not separated by price; they're separated by size. But like I remember, like if you pulled the box down, that was twenty dollars as opposed to ten. It was like it's a big day. Yeah. Are we going to get those or are we going to get the, probably going to get the $10 ones. Mm. That was just how I was. It was normal to me. I never grew up going to Macy's and Bloomingdale's and having my like, you know, I just didn't have that experience. Same. No, I grew up from being born to the age of like five where it was me, my mom and my older sister. It's just the three of us. And we were poor. Yeah. We were on like public assistance and... Um, I don't know really like all the ins and outs of it, but I will tell you, we, I didn't know that we were poor. Well, I that's a step. I that's didn't something feel, that your mother did. Yeah. That's I didn't really feel powerful. poor. I was, I have very happy memories. Wow. Yeah. What did your mom work? Did she work? That's a good question. I don't really remember her working at okay. that time. Um, my mom is sober, but for early in my not sober in AA, but she's sober. Right. Um, early in my life, she wasn't sober. Like, I don't remember how long. The first maybe three or four years. So I know she struggled with that a bit. Do you remember her drinking when as a kid? I don't remember her being drunk. I remember her being hungover. Ooh. I have memories of that. Not in a bad way. Just like Just sleeping. tired? Yeah. 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 Um, I don't have bad memories of her alcoholism, though. Wow. Yeah. Um, she went out of her way to like make it special. The things that we did. That's so nice. Yeah. Like simple things that didn't cost maybe any money or a lot of money, but she just made made them into like a big deal and made it like special and fun. And she was really crafty. She came from a big Irish Catholic family with lots of kids and, and like children of the depression. They knew how to. She would always tell me like how many sandwiches they would get out of one can of tuna oh. and stuff like that. And then what happened? Um, they ate the sandwiches. No, that would. <laughs> I don't know. They had dessert. <laughs> what happened in my life? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, my mom got married, and we had a little more, not much. Um, Did he have kids from a previous marriage? He had one daughter. Okay. So then there became three kids and then they ended up having more kids. Um, Oh. Three, four, five, five of us. And then 
six on the weekend sometimes with the stepsister. So it was a big family. How many kids do they have together? Uh, three. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Three? Two. Ooh, I can't count. Awkward. Because I know some I'm, of your siblings listen and someone's being left out or you're having an imaginary sibling. They don't know which ones are left out. That's true. Know. That's I'm true. Saying, don't don't say it's names. It's not intentional. Don't name names. Um, hey, Billy. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no Billy in my family. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I grew up without a lot. I became more aware of not having things like in like middle school age when like brands and stuff became important to kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And that yeah. didn't feel good. Yeah. No, I never had brand stuff. I mean, we would go school shopping like one time before school started and like we'd get some stuff. Yeah. That's maybe, it. maybe there would be like a couple of things with brands, but not. No. But I, I started working really, early, really young. Yeah. How old? And providing for myself. Well, the car wash <laughs> talked about like 13, 14, 14. But like as a side job, not like as a side hustle. Yeah. I also did. I worked as a, you know, camp assistant counselor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the summers. And I remember wanting to go away to camp, but my parents couldn't afford it. Same. Yeah. All my, a lot of my friends would go to overnight camp and I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to work here at this like day camp. Yeah. And I didn't like it. I I knew that I didn't like it. I was like, this sucks. I had a friend that went to like one of the day camps that you had to pay for that cost money. And they would have like a friend day, like bring your friends, which in hindsight now is just like marketing to try to get more kids to like go and want to go. And then like my mom would pick me up and I'd be like, I want to go here. I want to go here. And she'd be like, yeah, we're not, you're not going here. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you enjoyed your day. Yeah. <laughs> Special day out of the summer for you. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I, I mean, it's sad, but it is what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not everybody has money. I remember there was one year that I was able to go away because my mom was the nurse in camp. So like she went as the nurse so that her kids could go to camp for free. She was a teacher and a nurse. She. Okay. So. All right, there's she, a story here. Yep, 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 yep. I'm she taught back, nursing. We'll leave it at that. I'm going to backpedal. She wasn't a nurse nurse, but she knew like CPR and the basics. So like they didn't need like a full on nurse. She didn't okay. have a degree in nursing, but she knew enough to like be a nurse for a camp. Yeah. I don't want anybody to get sued. Um, and so she brought me, my sister and my brother who has Down syndrome to an all girls camp. It was a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it fun? I loved it. Oh, good. I love being away from my house. Mm. <laughs> so working early, being able to provide for myself was nice. I think it it was super important and taught me so much like independence. And by then I moved out of my parents' home like two weeks after I turned 18. Yeah. And I never had any fear because I'd been working and I knew that like I could support myself had you been saving i mean at the time i thought it was enough what was it i don't remember tell me I, you're no. like i don't remember <laughs> no, like if i knew the number i would tell you i don't recall um i do remember thinking that like 
okay, if I run out of money for any reason, I can always sell my car and then I'll be able to pay my rent if I have to. And that was like a fallback plan for me to sell my car. Okay. You had something that was keeping you... The car drove me to work. I needed that car. Oh, you did need the car. It wasn't the best plan. Yeah. But Were you taught about finances? Were no, you taught about saving, no, managing no, money? Nothing. 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 It was always like... Money was always so tight that there wasn't even the idea that we would be saving. No one was saving. And yeah. maybe maybe my parents were. I don't think so. My father started a company when I was uh, like in fifth or sixth grade that ended up becoming very successful, but only after I was out of the house. Do you think they planned it that way on purpose? Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, let's start making the big bucks after she's out of the house yeah. so we don't have to she's support gone. her. She's gone. We can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just took a lot of years for it to get to where it is today. So... Same business now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, I didn't see any of the fruits of that. <laughs> <laughs> that labor. <laughs> I remember like I was like in my early 20s and someone was like, your dad just bought a, an apartment in Israel. Oh. And I was like, what? No. He's like, no, 100% he did. And I was like, that's so crazy. Like, I didn't even know. Like, they weren't even like, they didn't want us to, I don't know. It was so weird. Like. Mm. I found out from someone else that my, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even, but I was already out of the house and that was actually when I was like at my peak heaviest drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so things changed for my family after I was out of the house, but I think that the deprivational thinking is actually a disease. I'm so sorry to like, just say that. Diagnose. Um, so I grew up with that. So I don't think it matters how much money people have. I think it's a, it's a, it's a mindset. Scarcity mindset, Scarcity mindset, deprivational mindset. Yeah. yeah. So I know that I grew up in that house. Um, and um, it has taken me entering another 12-step program to help me unlearn those ways of being with money and interacting with money. Mm. Well, what was, <clears throat> before we get to like now and the programs yeah. that we're in or what we do in sobriety to manage money. Yeah. Um, I do think that coming from homes where money management wasn't known or yeah. taught yeah. or, I mean, you don't have to have a lot of money to know how to save, you know, or to right. like talk about, and even in like in school, didn't really, there were no like finance classes, no, which no. would have been super important. Yeah. And I, and there was no, I wasn't around people that were like doing professional, like things like no one in my life was like, I didn't know people that were like doctors or like going to school. Like I didn't grow up around people that were going to school for things. I had a friend whose dad was a doctor and I was just like, oh my God, they're so rich. Yeah. Were yeah. they? Probably. He probably had a lot of debt, but probably also making money. I just remember I was just always super impressed. Like they had yeah. nice cars and yeah. like, I don't know, I came from an area that isn't super wealthy and yeah. I was just always like, wow. They live so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole other world. Yeah. Um, what was your relationship to money like when you were heavy in your drinking, in your boozing? My boozing. So I had been working in the diamond district and like on a decent salary, you know? And so I didn't really worry about money at that time, but I wasn't saving at all. Like I was making a lot of money and just spending every single penny. Yeah. I would buy lunch every day, manicures twice a week, like vacations. Were like, you buying the lunches though? 
Listen, that's another episode we're going to talk about. I think we've we've talked, we've talked about, about it a little it. bit before. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I have this little wire that's like not connected. That naturally on my own, I don't think about the future. Mm. So I just never thought about putting money away for the future. Yeah. With the future, do you think? And this is maybe kind of dark. Did you think about like living to a long age? Yeah, I, I never thought I was going to die early. Okay. I, I I never had like that vibe. It was more just like, whatever, money will come, I guess. Like, I don't, I never considered like, oh, maybe I would want to one day want to buy an apartment or a house. Like, I just yeah. never put myself in a position to make that happen, unfortunately. Same. I mean, well, I operated most of my life in survival mode. Yeah. Just trying to yeah. survive. So yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, and my addiction at a certain point, I just stopped paying bills. I just stopped, I stopped paying rent. I stopped, like, I just didn't care about yeah. anything anymore. And I almost, like, lost my apartment. That makes and, sense. They kind of want to. Yeah, they want the rent. Yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, it's kind of hard to get evicted from an apartment in New York city. There's a lot of laws that protect tenants and they give you a lot of time. Like really? other places in the country, like why are you giving me ideas? They can, they can boot you pretty quickly, but here, why specifically New York? The housing courts are so full. It takes a long time. Oh. And there's like, you know, ways of like, you pay a little bit and they'll, they'll give you more and more opportunity to stay longer. Like they don't want to displace more people and create oh. more unhoused people in Got it. the city. So that's also, I mean, this is a hi, my name is a real estate podcast. <clears throat> People ask, why is it so difficult to get apartments here too? Like it's so stringent, the process and mm. how much you have to pay up front. One of the reasons is because it's once somebody's in, it's so hard to get them out. Mm. So you really want to screen and make sure. That Got it. Got it. Qualified. Got it. Um, my relationship to money when I was active. Um, I mean, I went through. I had some jobs where I made decent money. I mean, I had some bar gigs that I did really, really well, but I didn't save anything. And yeah. I, I just lived like a baller, like <laughs> everything that I made. I drove, I bought a car one night when I was out at a bar. No. Somebody had like, I mean, it wasn't, it was a BMW, but it was like an older one. Oh my God. Yeah. I was sitting with a friend at a bar. We're like hammered. And they're like, yeah, we're selling a car. And we're like, we'll buy it. Yeah. How much did you pay for it? I mean, not a lot, but. That is like, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I would just like do anything without thinking. Yeah. Like I had some friends that were taking a flight the next morning. The same bar we were sitting at is when we bought the car. I was like, yeah, I'll come. Like booking a flight from the bar. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean. It's, or were you living on credit cards? Well, I couldn't get credit cards. Oh. Because my credit was so bad. So you didn't have credit card? No. Wow. What I paid a gift. For cash with everything. I mean, yes, that I didn't create a whole bunch of credit but card. You don't debt. have any credit? Well, I do now, now that I'm sober. Humble but, brag. Um, I feel like you <laughs> set me up for those. Um I didn't mean to. I love you so much. No, I love money. So no, I'm just kidding. I don't actually love money. <laughs> um yeah, no, I didn't create credit card debt because I couldn't get approved for them. Got it. Which was embarrassing, kind of mm. humiliating. At the time, I didn't really tell people about it. How do you, it. like, book a rental car? Mm, I think I 
Because I found places that took debit cards, yeah. maybe, and they would let you like Turo. put down a security deposit or something. Yeah. Um. So I went through. Yeah, I went through phases of money coming in, no money. Um. You know, towards the end, though, I lost everything, and I was spending all my money on drugs and alcohol, like an obscene amount of money, thousands and thousands of dollars at a time on on drugs. And where were you getting the money from, though? I mean, I would like work a bit and then not be able to work for a yeah. while. And, yeah. you know, just to there was some stealing that happened. Here we go. I was trying to get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good workup. I know I've talked about it before with my ex. I had to make amends. I yeah. stole money from him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't have to live that way anymore. No, we don't. Isn't that Thank beautiful? God. Yeah. You know what I wanted to talk about a little bit? Tell me. Is like the self-sabotage that we may have done in our past to block the money from coming into our lives. If block that makes our sense. blessings. Yeah. Yeah. I had a boss once say to me, don't be afraid to get rich. Yeah. I knew that it was sort of profound at the moment when she said it and that like there was something to it. Yeah. But I couldn't fully understand. I remember... Um, one of the first times I did comedy, I posted it. It was like 2009. I posted a YouTube video because it was before like Instagram and all that. And it went viral at the time. I don't know how many views. I think like maybe 50,000. Okay. And I'm not sure, but it was a lot. And people were reaching out to me to like do stuff with them. And I was so scared because I was like, well, that was just like a one-time thing. I'm not mm -hmm. really that funny. I Impost can't come on imposter your syndrome. imposter syndrome. I had it so bad. And I turned gigs down. And I don't know what would have happened if I would have said yes. You know, like this, I was asked to be on like a radio show, like a Jewish radio show. And I was like, no, I can't. Sorry, I'm not available. And like, I just couldn't step into the light. Mm. I was so scared. And I think about that a lot because now in the way that I'm living is I say yes to everything literally like well not everything if it's like something that's not good for me but i'm saying like in terms of like a promotional and to you know for me to shine i'm gonna say yes yeah i deserve it i i know now that i deserve the attention and it's not just like a fluke do you think your perception has changed through the programs that you're that you 100 100 percent Hundred and dollars. Um in the beginning of twenty twenty, before the pandemic, I started a money program. And that has deepened my connection to God and to this power in my life. That might sound strange to people. Yep. How you can connect yep. to God deeper through, through money. a money program. But it's in Explain yourself. Oh, I will. Okay. So basically, up until that point, I lived with my hands like this, tight tightly, tightly closed. And the energy that I was putting out into the world was one of like scarcity and mm -hmm. there's not enough. And I have to hold on to what I have and I can't spend and I can't buy nice things. And I, you know, I'm going to wear a winter coat with holes in it, but it's fine. You can't really see it. It's on the back, you know, whatever, like just like but you this, knew it, but I knew it. Yeah. And it, it, I'm the person wearing the thing with the hole in it. And in going to this program, it made me realize that I do deserve to have nice things, new things, clean things. And I know that sounds, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed because it took me so many years to get there. I totally get it. 
But, you know, I got there and I'm like, oh, if something gets a hole in it, I throw it out immediately. And I know that sounds like a normal thing to do, but I come from a place where you just keep wearing it. It's fine. Now I don't. Well, sometimes holes can be fixed. Okay. But I'm saying, you know, I wear, I wear things that when I put them on, I feel good about myself Yeah. and I buy nice things. And like, um, you know, I, I got suggested from people in that program, like go spend a thousand dollars on your winter coat. And I was like, what? They're like, yes, it's cold. It's New York. You deserve it and you can afford it. And I was like, no, I could never. It kind of sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. It, for it, a winter I, coat. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out I, uh, I, I don't have any thousand dollar coats. I didn't need an a thousand dollar coat, but I spent like, I think almost five thousand, five thousand. <laughs> 500,000. Like a, a thousand wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. A thousand was not enough. But I, every time I put One on- One is too many. <laughs> every time I put on that coat, I feel amazing. Mm. I, it was and just- that's priceless, really. Oh, stop. No, but really, um, it's changed, it's changed everything. I don't believe in saving things for a special occasion. Oh, yeah. No, every day is- Tomorrow, every day is a special yeah. occasion. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. With the way that we used to live- the way that we live now, every day is a freaking gift. Yeah. I put on cologne when I'm alone in the house. So do I. You well, put on cologne? No, I put on Le Labo. <laughs> you do. We went shopping for yeah. Le Labo. Do you know how long it took me to wrap my head around the fact that I was going to spend $220 on a perfume? I could I needed tell the something su- was happening. Oh my God. I needed the support from my group to yeah. let me know that I'm worth it. It was so hard and you feel special when you and wear that every time i wear it i feel incredible hmm. if you would have told khani five years ago you're gonna spend 200 dollars on a perfume i'd be like yeah fucking right that's such a waste of money only rich people can do that it's like no i can i can do that so scarcity mindset doesn't only affect the person that has it but it also affects the people around them because of how we in we or they interact with the other people around them yeah if people are living in scarcity mindset, they think there's not enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it causes them to move in ways that are like, I have to protect this. This is mine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not a great energy. It doesn't yeah. lend no. itself yeah. to have good relationships with other people in many different ways, in friendships and business. Yeah. yeah. I, um, there's I, so much out there. Sorry to interrupt you. There's so much out there. There's enough of everything yeah. for everybody. And there's no reason why we, we collectively can't have everything that we want or need. There's no reason. Well, we all, we all have everything that we need. Well, I have everything that I need on. I mean, say. there are some people that don't have things okay. that they need. Okay. Well, they probably don't have an iPhone to listen to this. <gasps> hmm. Interesting. Might just have gotten canceled. <laughs> Scarcity mindset creeping in. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but it feels relevant. Um, Do it. I only recently started hosting friends over for dinner. I've been going to my friends for years and something shifted in the last literally three months. You had something to do with it because you came to my apartment and you helped me move things around in a way that makes me feel proud of where I live now. Mm. Every time I come home, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I live here. I it's love so, it. It's so important. It makes such a big difference. But I wasn't inviting friends over. Yeah. And so now every time I'm cooking dinner, I'm like, hey, do you want to come over for dinner? And I'm just mm. like cooking for dinner all the time for my friends. And it's so 
Nice. You make a mean kosher chicken. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Yeah, it's real good. And I just got another recipe this week with my friend. We made a pasta together. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'll make it for you. Having a home that you love, that you're proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't invest anything in my home when I was active. No. No. Well, I mean, I had like some Ikea stuff, but I like my home a lot better now. Yeah, your home is really nice. It's real nice. I want to just quickly talk about how in early sobriety, I was able to change my financial situation a bit. Um, I came into sobriety with a lot of debt, like a lot of debt. I owed people money. I still had a drug, an outstanding drug debt. Yeah. Um, I was in a relationship like I discussed before where I was being taken care of. Um, I don't want to like rehash things that we've already talked, but small actions, the smallest. Um, I was motivated by like having a fight one night and then in the morning getting up and just being like, all right, I got to do something. I got to, cause I'm like powerless to change mm-hmm. this position here financially. Like yeah. I don't have the means to get to, I don't want to make it sound like I had to flee, but to like <laughs> to change my, my situation. So I just, I pulled up the credit report. There's like free credit reports that you can pull up online. Yeah. I saw, I had to be honest about where I was, yeah. you know, and like not be afraid because like yeah. it can feel like a mountain when it's just like that thing over there. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at it, I was like, okay, so what can I do? And I, I've talked about how like I just started calling creditors one at a time and seeing what I could do. Just a little bit at yeah. a time. Yeah. And then just like the program, just like so many things, just small action, next right action at a time. And next I, thing you I know, was, he's a millionaire. Yeah, I'm not a millionaire, but I'm in a much different position than I was uh, when I when I first got sober. Yeah. I said yes to things that were scary. Like what? Changes in career, mm-hmm. job opportunities. Yeah. Um, you know, what do they say? Alcoholics. Hey, two things change, change. and staying the same. <laughs> Does that mean we just hate everything? Yeah, we don't have a good perspective on things. Are we a hateful group? We're just resentful. Oh. Mm. Hi, my name is Resentment. Yeah, that, that one's coming. Yeah. We're getting ready for that one. We're too resentful to do it now, but <laughs> eventually we'll get there. Well, yeah, things can change. Yeah, I, I think something that changed for me is that I used to like think if I don't look at it, it's not there. So like, I just wouldn't look at my bank statements or my bank account. I've heard so many people say they threw their bills in the closet yeah. when and they so were for me now, drunk. a big part of my morning is looking at my bank account. I look at it every single morning and I see what bills went through. And then I know what bills are coming up. Everything's on auto pay. I don't have to pay any bills. Everything just comes out of my account. Um, and I track, like I said, I track, I, I'll, and I, I use an app called spending. It's a picture of a wallet. It's free. And at the end of every month, I they put, could sponsor us. They could actually, that would be good. Yeah. But at the end of every month, I put all of my expenses and everything on an Excel spreadsheet. And so I have every single month on an Excel spreadsheet and I have averages and I have, um, every time I get paid, I put 25% aside for taxes and I have a tax Excel spreadsheet with all my expenses from everything, you know, from like flyers or performer, like everything, every single cent. If Uncle Sam is listening, he's going to be real happy. Yeah. And yeah, so we can change. We can We can definitely change. New habits, and new patterns. Yeah. And 
I think there's something really beautiful in being in clarity around my numbers, right? If I'm in vagueness, I don't know what's going on and I can't actually make a change. It's like that about so many things. Though, yeah, you know? I know. But so many people have such a hard time looking at the truth. Hearing other people's stories in meetings about how they navigated like tax situations or, yeah. you know, different financial things, like just listening. I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't putting money aside last year for taxes and then it came and I was like, I don't have the money. Yeah. And so that's why this year I have a tax account. That's good. And it feels so great. Every time I get paid, I'm like 25%. Bye. You're like the only person I was happy that they're paying taxes. Because it's like I'm contributing. I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm showing God that I trust God that more is going to be coming. Well, let's talk about that. Trusting that we'll be taken care of. How freaky is that? Like to someone that's not in I know, a program. I know. I know. Next right action. I know. Turning it over. Step three. I know. It's so crazy to like, it sounds a little magical thinking, but the thing that keeps me believing in this is my experience. You can't take away my experience and no. how many times I've been taken care of so abundantly that now it's just what I expect. There's no evidence that shows that we won't be taken care of. Exactly. Exactly. Even when I was living with my grandmother because I had ended my relationship. Lovely from Borough Park. Yeah. And I couldn't find an apartment for six months. And then the apartment that I found now, I love. Every time I come home, I love it. It was being renovated that whole six months. It it was brand new when I moved in. Mm -hmm. God was just making it ready for me. And I believe that I I believe that God, when it comes to parking spots and real estate, God is actually emotionally invested and wants the best for spots. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm driving and I'm like looking, when I get to like a park, like a a street that I need parking, I'm like, God, I got, you got this. You got this. They say there is a saint. Yeah. It works. I'm telling you, I have such good luck with parking. St. Anthony. That's when you lose something, I think. Um, Mark Anthony, isn't he a singer? Okay. Mark, you pray to Mark Anthony when you need to find a parking spot. <laughs> and I he, wish I knew the song to sing come. right now. It would be so By funny if you did. Is that Let the rhythm take you over. Yep. That's it. Wow. It's almost like he was here with us for a moment. <laughs> oh. Mark, we'll be with you in just a moment. Um, but yeah, I, um, I do trust. There was this one month, it was actually... December or January of this past year. And I was very nervous about how I was going to like live that month. And I called a friend from, you know, the program and I was telling her and I was like, you know what? I am going to say yes to whatever comes my way this month. Doesn't matter. Say yes to the dress. Yep. And that month I'm going to say how much I made because I'm so proud of it. I made $6,990. That month, in one month. It's a good month. It was a great month. And I was like, whoa. And that's how I try to live is just say yes, pick up the phone. The phone is ringing. The people are trying to come in and give me things. Mm. I just have to be available to say yes. Yeah. The phone's ringing. Excuse me, I have to get a call. The phone is ringing. <laughs> and God's on the other line. Yeah. All right. Well. I feel like we had. We, good good we, talk. Yeah, it was a good talk. Yeah. yeah. Had better. Just kidding. Uh, I love you so much. Let's go to our section. Talk about it. Don't drink about talk it. This about is it, where. Talk about it. We, speaking of money, you're going to cost us money every time you do that. <laughs> and we know how much she made that month. So she can afford to pay when we get sued for her singing. I didn't song. even sing the chorus. I just sang sing. to sing. <laughs> 
Um, okay, this is our segment where oh you my write God, in I with haven't your even questions, seen the question. um, and we try to give you our feedback. That's a long question. You have it on yours too. I'm going to read this question. So for our talk about it, don't drink about it segment. Oh my God, here we go. <clears throat> Hello, I'm roughly two years, four months, six days sober. Roughly. But who's counting? <laughs> I had 10 years clean and sober and went out oh, for 10 years. Whoa. Having a sort of midlife crisis during lockdown, the choices felt drink like this till the eventual dirt nap. Oh, wow. Heavily gulping down booze and blacking or at least browning out every night till... Flopping. Sorry, it's hard to read right now for some reason. Till, you want me to take over? Nope. Till flopping into a passed out sleep or attempt the rooms again. Try, grow, and make something out of life until death. And here I am, gratefully sober. The thing is, I often feel I simply do all the good things or suggestions as some sort of checklist. I rush through life like a to-do list, making sure I'm working out, going to meetings, sharing, listening, calling. But at the end of the day, I can't say I am having the time of my life or anything, even though I am grateful to be sober and remember things and be present at this night. I used to seek relief from all of life's pressure and have a laugh and escape the self-imposed pressure to make something out of life. I'm a mom to a 17-year-old with multiple disabilities, and I'm an, art, an artist who struggles to make art. I want to express myself creatively. I want to release things and I want to laugh, of course, as well. But often I feel too tired or scared or I write the story before it's even begun, i.e. I don't want to start the painful process of making something because I'm afraid I will not like it and it feels like a failure. So even though I got sober for meaning, sometimes I am simply just staying busy and filling out life's paperwork, staying organized and being a good AA. I struggle to believe the miracle can happen for me. The miracle of not drinking is huge and I am not taking that for granted and that freedom did happen. But how do I allow myself to relax, enjoy the process and stop feeling like a project manager in a corporate job called Operation Recovery? That would be a good operation. And yeah, I've tried the artist way, but smeared along the morning pages just for the ritual side. But I am impatiently wanting more meaning. Suggestions to add to my er, how to grow, to do welcomes. Gratefully, a fellow. Thank you for can your you question. That? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this can be boiled down. To a, a couple of different things, but why don't you, do you want me to boil it down or you want to yeah, go? Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. I mean, it sounds like they're grateful. They recognize how awful it was before and they want something a little more exciting, which I've, I hear often like recovery feeling boring. I think to a certain extent that that's why we started this podcast. Laughter, levity, lightness, not feeling so bored or tense. Um, being sober for 10 years and then going out for 10 years. That's a lot. Yeah. Right there. Um, the art, I mean, I think there's like two big things here. I think there's excitement and then the artist thing. Yeah. Like struggling to be creative. And I feel like you can probably speak to that creativity point. Yeah. Um, so I, do it, speak to it. 
<laughs> First of all, I just want to say thank you for writing in. We appreciate your questions and listening to the podcast and trusting us with this because we are not professionals. We are going to just take a stab at this, which is what we normally say before we read the question. But what I would say is be nice to yourself. Be gentle. You're doing a lot. You're doing a lot. And a lot of recovery is monotonous and repetitive. And that's kind of just how it's going to be. Because for people like us, for people like me, I need that structure to stay safe in my recovery. There were, I think the main thing for me that's changed in how, when you say to me, how was your week? And I say, amazing. It's my attitude, right? So it's about attitude. It's like, yeah, I have to write every day. I have to meditate every day. I have to go to a meeting every day. It's like, what if I can turn it around to, I get to go to a meeting every day. I get, I get to meditate. I get to call a sober person and ask them how they're doing. If I can shift the perspective from these are the things I need to do. And it's like a laundry list and it's so boring. And it, as opposed checklist. Yeah. A checklist. It could be like, what's wrong with the checklist? I don't know. It could be fine, but you could look at it as like, oh my God, I am so lucky. I get to do these things. I get to pick up the phone when someone calls asking for help. How lucky am I that someone's calling me for help? I'm lucky that I have a checklist. And I have a, a daughter manual. and that sounds hard because her daughter has um, disabilities. And I don't think she said if it was a daughter or something. Oh, I thought. Just a child. Oh, it said child? Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. I'm sorry to gender your okay. daughter. Your <laughs> Oh my God. Get to. Sometimes I just like, from my experience, it was hard for so many years until I, it just stopped being hard. It just was. And I struggled for so many years and I had to find the gratitude in the mundane shit because I couldn't see it. I couldn't be in... The, the shift, the shift happened for me only recently, but I had to force myself. I would write gratitude lists for things I didn't even believe, but it was just the action. And I don't have a fun answer, right? It's like, it's about our attitude. Well, a gratitude practice is super powerful. Yeah. And to, to create new neuropathways in our brains, to create yeah. new habits and yeah. new ways of perceiving the world. It takes action. It, and takes, it takes repetition. Time. Repetition. Repetition creates new habits. Yeah. I was hanging out with my friend yesterday in the park and he was like, I don't know how it came up, but he was like, how's it going? I'm like, oh my God, my life sucks. Oh my God. I have and he was like, wait, what? And I was like, I'm kidding. But can you imagine? I used to answer that. Mm. That's my, my, my energy. The way you're seeing me today was not always like this. Nobody wants to hear that. But that's how I felt. I mean, I want to hear the truth. If something's going on, I want I to felt. hear. But Everything if, if somebody's sucked, always like that, we you don't do want to be around them. Exactly. But what I'm saying is, is my positive outlook attracts more positivity into my life. Yes. I, and I know it takes work. It takes a, like a rewiring of the brain because I'm not naturally this way. I work on it because being happy is a choice. I can remember earlier in sobriety, we're going over the hour mark. We can edit this down if we need to. It's fine. I allow it just this one time. I'll allow it, Your Honor. Um, I can remember earlier in sobriety. And cut. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> and that's our episode. Um, being 
so like when I first moved into this apartment, I remember waking up in the morning and just being like, oh, I'm in a kitchen, like in a good way. I'm yeah. in my own kitchen. I get to move. I get to like just be in my own space. Yeah. And I can't believe this is my life. I'm so happy. Like this is like I, so amazing because it was so bad before. So like sometimes when we're a little closer to the devastation mm -hmm. it's easier to be grateful because like the change is so drastic yeah. and so recent yeah so when we start to get a little time and we move away from that but we're still doing the same routine or using the same tools that we were using yeah maybe it can feel a little monotonous yeah and routines don't have to stay the same you know yeah you, you we can, can switch it up a little bit switch it up go to a different meeting or other things travel Make changes. Find find something that you can put on your calendar that you're excited about. I like to have something on my calendar that I'm excited about to look forward to, even if it's drinking, you know? Oh. I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> when, what date is that on? I'd like to know. <laughs> just for the podcast. Yeah, just schedule. for the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say you're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. And sometimes it's just going to be repetitive for a while and then and then something will shift and hopefully you'll start to feel better you will feel better you will feel better but you have to take an action yeah move a muscle change a thought the artist thing i have heard other artists talk about that too like fearing i'm going to lose my creativity like the yeah. drugs were the thing that made yeah. me so creative and such a yeah. good artist but more often than not and actually never do i hear People say, I, I can't get my thoughts out right now. Yeah, because we're over the minute. So it's probably, the brain, brain shuts is off shutting right down. It's an it, hour, as actually. As it should. I've been trained well yeah. by my trainer. Yep. Um, she does have a belt. Artists, that was weird, always say that they're way more creative and better at their art and their craft when they're sober. Yeah, I've never done comedy as a drunk person, so I don't have that reference. I only started after I got sober. I know sober. musicians. I know artists. I right. know. I know. I'm just saying, like, I don't. They all say the same thing. Great. I love that. They're much better. Yeah. If I were drinking, I would not be reliable to show up for the gigs. I wouldn't remember my jokes. I wouldn't remember the order. I wouldn't remember the punchline. Like, I'm, I'm just wanted to keep drinking. That's what I want to do when I'm drinking. Get out there and find inspiration if you need to. Why are you yelling at her? He. Whoever that person is. Am I, is it a mom? <laughs> she yeah. has children. This was a good episode. Well, we'll see when we, when we get it back. Check the ratings. <laughs> if you have a question that you want to write into us and you want us to take a stab at it, which is what we just did, um, you can send them to Jimmy's going to say the address. I don't know why we can't ever just do this cohesively. Questions at HiMyNameIsRecovery.com. That's questions, questions at, at HiMyNameIsRecovery.com. And we will see you next week. Thank you for coming. Bye. Bye.